All right, good morning. Thanks, Pastor Lee Chu, for that introduction. Good morning to all Gracians. Good morning, all of you. Good morning. What a wonderful time of worship, and we are reminded again of God's great love for us. Amen. Shall we give the Lord a big, big hand of applause? Praise Him for His great love for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Big shout out to all the young families as well, sitting behind and also up there, and all Gracians, even though some of you are far away, but you're still part of us, okay? You're still part of our service, and those online as well, thank you for joining us. I believe that the Lord can speak to you even through our online service, and may the Lord touch you in a powerful way today as you listen in. So today we are actually on the third part of our sermon series on spiritual gifts. And in, uh, I don't know if you remember, in the first two parts of our sermons, uh, in the sermon series, we learned four key principles. Okay, I'm going to help us by doing a quick recap of these four key principles that we learned over the last two sermons. The first principle, right, in the first sermon was God gives spiritual gifts to empower believers for ministry and service to the body. And the second principle was that every believer should desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every believer, everybody say, everyone. Everyone must. In fact, it's a command, right, that the Apostle Paul put in his writing. We must desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then the principle three is spiritual gifts reveal God's nature and character in a tangible way. And principle four, the exercise of spiritual gifts is to be motivated by love to meet a need. It has to be motivated by love, not, you know, by our own pride or ego or desire for the spectacular. But it has to be motivated by love. And, and I'm thankful, you know, um, talking about spiritual gifts, I was exposed to the workings of spiritual gifts since I was a teenager. And that has stirred in me a strong desire for the gifts. You see, during my formative years as a teenager and as a young Christian, I grew up in a church where there was a great emphasis on healing. And we were surrounded in an environment where we heard testimonies of miracles and healings that take place almost weekly. We would hear of wheelchairs being emptied. We would hear of uh, limbs being lengthened. We will hear of, you know, many different wonderful creative miracles that God did among us. And, and I remember, you know, not just the pastors, but every member of the church could go and pray for the sick. And when you see those miracles happen in front of you, right, your life is changed. And my faith grew so tremendously. And that's how I actually learned to eagerly desire the gifts of faith, healing, and miracles. And that is the, the, the focus for today's message, and we categorize them under the topic of power gifts. Everybody say power. And those online, just type in the chat right now, power. This is, these are the power gifts, the gifts of faith, healing, and miracles. And the big idea for today is God gives supernatural power to bring wholeness and to point us back to His kingdom. 
So first, let's take a look at the passage that lists these three gifts. All right, we are quite familiar with this passage by now. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven to eleven. All right, First Corinthians twelve seven says this: To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles. So there you have it, the three gifts we're going to focus on today. And then it continues to another prophecy, to another ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. So we're going to jump into the topic right now, okay? And we're going to touch on the first power gift, and it is the gift of faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all right? You may be interested to know this is the only place in the Bible that names explicitly the spiritual gift of faith, all right? This is the only place where you will see this term, gift of faith, Right, but it is definitely not the only place that you see it in operation. Okay, so what exactly is the gift of faith? Don't we all have some measure of faith? Right, you may be wondering that. So, let's answer that question uh, by understanding that there are three different kinds of faith that is recorded in the scripture. Three different kinds. The first kind is called saving faith. All right? Every believer has this. And there are numerous examples of this in the Bible. Uh, you can refer to them in Romans chapter 1, chapter 3, chapter 5. Uh, but I want to point your attention to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. All right? This is a very uh, common and well-known verse. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. All right? And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. So this is saving faith, where a person trusts in Christ and is born again. All right? And this is surely not the kind of faith that Paul was referring to in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9. Because the gift of faith is only given to some believers. But the saving faith is for all believers. All believers will have saving faith. So the second kind of faith is called sanctifying faith. And sanctifying faith is the ongoing exercise of trust in Jesus for daily living and for spiritual growth. The daily exercise of trust in Jesus. Okay, an example of this is found in Galatians 2.20. Another famous verse, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So this is the moment-by-moment -moment confidence we have in God for life in general, hence living by faith, okay? Live by faith. We also read about this kind of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, 6 say, 
11.6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. So the author here of Hebrews was not referring to the gift of faith. Otherwise, right, some of us would never be able to please God. Because if we don't have that gift, we can't please God. So this sanctifying faith is an act of one's will to trust in God's Word and is present in every believer as well, just like saving faith. Although um, sanctifying faith is present in varying degrees in each person, okay? But this is not the spiritual gift of faith that Paul was referring to in 1 Corinthians 12, okay? Follow me so far? Okay, and now the third kind of faith is called spontaneous faith. And this kind of faith is rarer, it's rare, all right? And it's not something a believer experiences on a daily basis. It is not. It is only sovereignly bestowed on a believer on special occasions when God desires to answer a prayer miraculously, all right? So one possible example is found in James 5.15. And James 5.15 says, And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So James here may be alluding to the gift of faith, since not everyone we pray for is healed. But rather, healing is subjected to the timing and purposes of God, all right? So, it is not, you know, something that we can control all the time, right? It is the prayer of, the gift of faith is something that is given according to the purpose of God. Another example of spontaneous faith is the time when Jesus told the disciples that if they had faith, they could move mountains. Do you remember that, that story? Right, it's found in Mark 11, verse 22 to 24. I'll not read it, uh, but I believe that many of you will remember. So, when Jesus talked about moving mountains, all right, that's not to be taken literally. All right? It's not meant to be taken literally for us to move mountains. And today, I want Bukit Timah Hill to move to Red Hill. And Red Hill to move to Woodlands. Okay? We'll see mountains moving all around the place. So it is not meant to be taken literally, but rather, moving mountains was a Jewish idiom for doing the miraculous by God's power. All right? And Jesus was perhaps saying that when there's a supernatural gift of faith in one's prayer, miracles can happen. So therefore, I want to define for us the gift of faith. The gift of faith is a spontaneous an extraordinary surge of confidence that God will do something miraculous that is not explicitly promised in Scripture. Okay, I repeat that. It is a spontaneous and extraordinary amount, a surge of confidence that God will do something miraculous not explicitly promised in Scripture. All right? It's not something we can control, not something that is subjected to our will, it is spontaneous according to God's will. And the gift of faith is only given to some where there is that surge of confidence that God will do something miraculous. Let me give you an example of uh, the gift of faith in action. 
You see, in 1978, all right, there's a famous evangelist called Reinhard Bonnke. He, um, he was wanting, he was this, preparing to hold a gospel crusade in South Africa, in this place called Green Valley. So, those of you who know this evangelist, his, his crusades are huge, right? And um, they used to pitch huge tents, right? That will actually house the people who are coming to hear the gospel. And these tents are gigantic, you know, they cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and they are subject to weather conditions, okay? So if you look at the picture on the screen, you will see two tents, all right? The smaller tent there actually can hold 10,000 people and the bigger tent can hold about 40,000 people. So those are huge tents, right? And they're subject to the weather conditions, and so, at this point in time, the tent expert began to advise the evangelist. They're saying that, hey, because of the conditions of the soil, because of the surroundings, the environment, I want to warn you that if it rains here, right, the tent could collapse. The entire tent could collapse. And we're not just talking about financial losses, right? We're talking about lives being lost. You know, it's a safety issue. But you know what? There was a, a surge in confidence in his heart, in the evangelist's heart. And he began to feel and he knew, knew that he must not react in fear to this piece of news. And so by faith, he sensed that he should, he, he, he should carry on and he ordered that the tents be pitched, be built anyway. And so for the next 17 days, all right, he's going to believe God that it will not rain. So thousands came and they heard the gospel being preached, right? And on the eighth day of the crusade, you know, they saw, the team saw a huge band of storm clouds approaching them from the north. Huge band. And the winds were lashing at their tent by this time and they were right in the middle of the path of the storm. And, and at this point, Evangelist Bonki he heard a whisper of the Spirit in his heart. He heard the Word of God whispering to him in his heart and it said, Rebuild the devil, resist him, and he will flee from you. And so this were, these are his words, okay? These are his words. He said, I pointed my finger at the clouds and began to walk toward them. Suddenly, the words that came from my mouth were not planned. You know, it's spontaneous. It was not planned. They were prophetic. And he said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I'm talking to you, right? With his, with his uh, evangelist German accent. Wow, very strong accent. If you destroy this tent, I'm going to trust God for another one, three times the size of this one. Wow. With that search of confidence, it was not, it was not planned. It, was just, it just came from within him. And the next moment, something divine and miraculous happened right before their eyes. They saw the clouds split right in the middle and over the course of the next one hour, they saw the clouds move them by, their, by the sides and the storm did not touch them at all. Wow! And, and you know, the, the whole gospel rally went on for 17 days. Thousands heard the gospel and got saved. Praise God. That was the gift of faith in operation, right? And Gracians, I want to encourage all of us. 
You see, when you're faced with an impossible situation, when you see something that seems so impossible, what is our reaction? Do we just give up and say, it is impossible, it is too difficult, it can't be done? Do we say that? Or do we come before God, cry out to Him and trust Him and ask Him for that search of confidence, that faith in Him and ask Him to intervene supernaturally and do that miracle for His glory. I pray that all of us, we will exercise that faith and trust Him for the gift of faith in your situation, whatever it may be, that God will drop that faith into your heart and my heart today. Amen. Amen. Type, the, type in the chat right now, faith. Tell your neighbor right now, have faith. Amen. So there's another specific area that we frequently ask God for, right, when it comes to supernatural intervention and miracles, right? Is this whole area of healing. And that's the second power gift that we're going to touch on today, the gifts of healing. And this is exciting, okay? And we see numerous examples of this in the Bible, especially evident in Jesus' ministry. And He did healing because He wanted to bring wholeness to the people, he loved the people and he wanted to bring wholeness to them. But you know what? There was a bigger purpose for him to perform all the healing miracles that he did. And it's quite clearly stated in the Gospels. And it's important that we understand this so that it becomes our motivation. We have the right motivation to pray for people who are sick and need a healing touch of God. So what is this bigger purpose that Jesus had. And it is this, miraculous healings serve the purpose of pointing people to the kingdom of God. They point people to the kingdom of God. Matthew 9, 35 says this, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. So he proclaimed about the kingdom and he healed the sick. And then we see this also again in Luke 10 verse 9. Jesus said, Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Hallelujah. Heal the sick. The kingdom of God has come near to you. And several other examples. Luke 9, 11 is another example. But basically what I'm trying to say is that the kingdom of God, the coming of God's kingdom was frequently associated with the healing of the sick. Because they were signs that point to Jesus as king. He is the king and when he is the king, the sick get healed. Miracles happen. The kingdom of God has come. And the kingdom of God is still here, right? Amen? And that is why today we still see healings taking place because the kingdom of God is near to us. And that's powerful. If we can realize that all of these signs point to Jesus as the king because healing is not the ultimate end. Ultimately, our bodies will still die away, right? But the kingdom of God is the ultimate end. 
And that is what we are declaring every time we pray for somebody to be healed. You say, God, let your kingdom come on this person's life. Let your kingdom come in our world, in our lives. Hallelujah. And so when we talk about the gifts of healing, there's one common misconception, all right? And it is this, that you know that this person with the gift of healing can heal anyone and everyone at any time. That is a misconception. That is not true, okay? It's not that I have a gift of healing and I can go to the hospital and I empty the entire hospital because everybody gets healed. It doesn't happen that way. As much as we would love it too, but it does not happen that way. You see, the term that Paul used to refer to this gift throughout 1 Corinthians 12 was gifts of healing. With gift in the plural form, all right? Maybe you're wondering why? Why did he use that? And also, only healing is used in conjunction with the word gifts. So he didn't just say healing, but he said gifts of healing. And why is that? And uh, we, I want to quote uh, Dr. Sam Storms, a biblical scholar who wrote extensively on spiritual gifts. He said, Paul's language suggests either many different gifts or powers of healing, each appropriate to and effective for its related illnesses, all right, illness, or each occurrence of healing constituting a distinct gift in its own right. All right? So what it just basically means is that you know, uh, many, there are many different gifts for different kinds of illnesses. Or it can mean many different gifts for each occurrence, each instance of healing. Okay? So therefore, there is no single gift of healing effective for all kinds of illnesses at all times. There's no single gift of healing like that. And let me explain with an example. Uh, some, some time ago, I think it was some years ago already, we were praying for the sick at our J Triple Tree healing, uh, uh, our J Tree prayer meetings. Okay, in case you didn't realize, we do pray for the sick once a month at our, he our prayer meetings, okay, when we have it on site at J Triple Tree. So um, at one of those uh, uh, nights, evenings, I was praying for a man who had pain in his knees, okay. He was a brother who had pain. I think it was arthritis that he was experiencing. So I laid my hands on him. I prayed and prayed. Nothing happened. <laughs> Anticlimax, huh? Nothing happened, okay? And then I went on to the next person. It was another brother who was experiencing um, pain in his lower back. And it was quite intense pain and, and he, he felt the pain at that point in time. And so I laid my hands on him and I began to pray for him. I prayed for a short while and when I finished, I asked him to test it. And so after I prayed, he said, hey, the pain has disappeared. And I said, okay, you test your healing, come, bend forward, bend sideways. And he said, yeah, the pain has disappeared. It's gone. Hallelujah. And we were both, wow, surprised. Praise the Lord, and he was healed. And so, you see over there, perhaps a gift of healing was released to heal that back pain, right? But I did not receive the gift to heal the arthritis of the other brother's knee. And so it, perhaps it was not God's will for, for, you know, for him to be healed at that point in time through me. And so this is an example where we see that um, uh, you know, the gift of healing is not for all persons, all kinds of illnesses at all times. 
And not only, you know, my example, but we also see that in the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, we know, did many healing miracles, right? He, he healed many people and uh, he definitely, you know, exercised the gift of healing. But even he didn't have the ability to heal all diseases. Okay, why do I say that? Because in Philippians chapter 2, we read about his close partner in ministry, uh, Epaphroditus, who almost died from an illness. Right? And Paul would most definitely have prayed for him because he, had the, you know, he was operating strongly in the gifts of healing. But at least initially, his prayers for healing were not effective because he almost died of that illness. And so therefore, there's no single gift of healing for all illnesses and it's not a gift that anyone can use at will. Okay? But just like the gift of faith and miracles, okay, we're going to learn about that also, gifts of healing are occasional and subject to the sovereign purposes of God. They are subject to God's purposes. And not only are they subject to God's will, Okay, we should also be encouraged that it is entirely by God's grace. Let's, be, let's, remind, let's remember that it's by God's grace. That's why it's called grace gifts, right? We learn about that. Charismata. Grace gifts explained in Sermon 1. We don't need to strive and strain with our own effort to make the healing happen. And I've learned this in my ministry, you know, this very important principle. And this is principle five that I want to share with all of us today. Spiritual gifts are bestowed according to the measure of grace given. It's according to the measure of grace that is given to us. Romans 12, 6. Paul was talking about spiritual gifts, all right? And he said, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. According to the grace, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith. So he stated it explicitly. Spiritual gifts work according to the grace given to us. So we do it in proportion to the grace bestowed, the measure of grace given to us. What does this mean? Frequently, you know, in our effort to, you know, give our best, right? We try to work up, you know, our emotions and we say, we want to make this healing happen. Right? Sometimes we shout louder. We think the louder we shout, the more power there is. Or we stamp, we work up our emotions and maybe there must be some music playing at the background. It does not need to be that way because it's by God's grace. Right? Let's remember that lasting and real results can only come when God acts. Can I hear an amen? When God acts, and that is the grace of God. That is the grace of God. And so in the example I mentioned about earlier at the Jechipper Tree prayer meeting, you know, I didn't receive the grace gift for healing arthritis, right? No matter how much I will pray, it will not happen. But when I prayed for the back pain, simple prayer, and the Lord just answered with His power and touched and healed that brother. So can I encourage you, okay, Spiritual gifts are bestowed according to the measure of grace given. Let His grace carry you and you leave the results to Him. And when you pray, you are declaring the coming of the kingdom of Jesus. Remember that, that His kingdom is come, has come and God wants to bring His healing, to bring wholeness to the people of God. Amen.
Amen. So the last power gift that we're going to address today is the gift of miracles. The gift of miracles. Everybody say miracles. Those online, please type in the chat as well. Miracles. Wayne Grudem, okay, another biblical scholar, defines miracle as such. All right? He said, A miracle is a less common kind of God's activity in which He arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to Himself. It is less common because God mostly works through the natural order that He had set in place. Right? He mostly works through the law of gravity, the law of thermodynamics, and all the different kinds of law. Right? But a miracle is God working in a supernatural way. And it serves the purpose of arousing awe and wonder in us so as to point people to the transcendent God. God is a transcendent God. Amen? He is beyond our universe. And miracles point to that. And remember we learned in, in uh, principle number three, Spiritual gifts reveal God's nature and character in a tangible way. In a tangible way, right? We can touch and feel to a certain extent who God is because there are miracles that happen in our midst. So the gift of miracles, they reveal God's power, they reveal His absolute control over all creation, and they reveal His love for us. And remember in verse 12 of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12, he says that spiritual gifts are a manifestation of the Spirit. Remember? Manifestation means they make God's presence visible and evident among us. And they point to the, the world to say that there is a God who is real, who exists, who is powerful, whose kingdom has come. So now, you know, all the spiritual gifts mentioned, right, in verses 8 to 10 of uh, chapter 12, they are all certainly very miraculous, right? Certainly miraculous. So there must be something more that Paul was thinking about here when he talks about the gifts, the gift of miracles. Perhaps, you know, that he, was, um, had, he had in mind things like raising of the dead, all right? And perhaps he had in mind turning water into wine or multiplication of food. And Jesus calming the storm as well as Elijah commanding the rain to stop and then resume again, all of these display God's miraculous powers over nature. So that is perhaps what Paul was referring to when he talks about the gift of miracles. And you might be wondering, you know, all that sounds wonderful, right? Wonderful and good. But how do I receive the gift of miracles? How do I do that? Or even more generally, how do I receive any of the spiritual gifts? So there's one practical action you can take if you want the spiritual gifts to be activated in your life. Practical step that I'm going to share with you. And this brings me to the last key principle that I'm going to talk about today. Principle number six, okay? And it is spiritual gifts are activated by faith. Spiritual gifts are activated by faith, right? And I'm not referring to the gift of faith here, okay? or the spontaneous faith. It's not that. This refers to the sanctifying faith that every one of us have. Spiritual gifts are activated by that sanctifying faith. Moment by moment, trust in God for ministry to the body. So faith is like the spark that can ignite the flame, right? Without that spark, 
all the fuel in the world will not burn, right? So faith is like that spark. And God expects us to take that leap of faith when it comes to exercising of our spiritual gifts. God expects us to do that. We need to step out of our comfort zone, avail ourselves for God to act through us. We need to avail ourselves, all right? So we need to go out there, practical action, find a need around you. Can all of us think of a need around us? I think we can. There are so many needs all around us. So many people that I encounter every week, I will hear of different ones, cancer and different needs that they have. A sea, a vast ocean of needs out there. We need to just find the need and meet that need. That is the practical action that we all can take. Right? And so if we remember principle four as well, that we are to be motivated by love. As we look at the needs, is our hearts moved with compassion for the needs out there? And so, if you say that, God, I want to receive the spiritual gift, go find the need, step out in faith, and meet that need. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, meet a need. And those online, type in the chat right now, meet a need. Hallelujah. So let me just close with this uh, story, for this example. Um, years ago, I led a mission trip to Bangladesh okay, with a group of young adults. Uh, it was a very interesting, very powerful trip. And during the trip, we were in one of the villages and we were asked to pray for a young man who had a terrible intestinal disease. I cannot remember what it was called, but this young man was really, really sick. He was lying there. He was so weak and thin. Um, he couldn't even move much. Um, perhaps just his eyes and slight movement of his head. And, and we understood through the translator that the doctor actually said that, you know, this man is dying. And there was nothing that they could do for him. And so when they asked us you know, to come, we saw him, we were a bit taken aback by his condition. And honestly, we were like, we didn't have much hope for him. Uh, okay, <laughs> to be very honest with you. And we look at that, wow, you want us to pray for this person, you sure? <laughs> but you know what? Because we were the missionaries from Singapore, right? <laughs> we cannot say, oh, I need to go to the toilet. Uh, later I come back again. <laughs> We cannot say that, right? So, okay, so we just got to pluck up our courage. We went inside and we saw this person. We knelt down beside him and we laid our hands and started to pray for him. Um, I cannot remember what we prayed for. It, was, it took quite a while. But as we were praying, I, I, we saw him started to try to speak, right? With his little strength, he was struggling and he was trying to speak, you know? It was uh, 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 you know, trying to speak, trying to say something. And so the translator leaned forward and tried to hear what he was saying. And he heard something and we told him to say, we told him, say, say the name of Jesus. We told this, this young man, say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so we continued to pray and soon we could hear him speak. You know, a whisper, we can hear him from afar. And as, he, as we heard him speak, the translator I did, we didn't know why. He, he went and he tried to help him up, you know, to sit up. And I thought, wow, this translator got more faith than us. <laughs> so he helped to help this person to sit up and, and he sat up on his own. 
And we were, wow, we were quite amazed. What, this was really happening right before our eyes. You know, from someone who is lying down, who was too weak to even speak, he was speaking and he was sitting up on his own. And we continued to pray. We continued to ask him to call upon Jesus. And it was about an hour of praying over there. And after that, he was trying to get up, you know. He was trying to get up. We helped him up. And soon he was walking around, you know. I remember tiny, tiny steps walking around the room, raising his hands, and he was crying out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And even though the doctor wasn't there, we were, we were sure that he was healed. It was a big difference from when we first saw him. And we just rejoiced with the family. They were so happy to see the man standing up and walking around. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. You know what? At that point in time, the Lord graciously bestowed the gift of miracles. Or perhaps it was a gift of healing. But you know what I learned from there? I learned that even for those who had doubts, who, who didn't have a lot of faith, who didn't have a lot of experience in the gift of miracles of faith, even us, God can use to bring about a healing and a miracle. And so I want to encourage all of us as we close today, simply obey. Simply find a need. Step out in faith and go meet that need. And let's see the God just bestow His gifts upon us for His glory. Amen? Amen. And so, just to recap, the two principles I've touched on today, spiritual gifts are bestowed according to the measure of grace given, and spiritual gifts are activated by faith. So let's go find a need, step out and meet a need. Let's bow our heads right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. I want to invite all of us to respond to the message today. If you have heard, you know, this message and the Lord is stirring in your heart and you say, yes, Lord, I want to find a need, step out in faith and meet a need. And you say, God, I ask you to empower me with the spiritual gifts so that, Lord, the needs in the body of Christ, the needs out there can be met. If that is you, I want you to respond to the Lord very quickly right now and raise your hand to the Lord and say, God, I commit to find a need and meet a need. Thank you for the hand. Yes, I see hands going all around the place on my right, on my left. Thank you. Are there any others up there? Respond to the Lord and say, God, I want to find a need and meet a need. Use me, Lord. I'm available. Use me, Lord. Yes, raise your hand to the Lord right now. Thank you, thank you. I see all those hands around. Keep your hands raised. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask of you to pour out, Lord, your gifts upon your people as you desire. You said that we are to desire the spiritual gifts and we are desiring it today, Lord. And I ask of you to activate the gift of faith the gift of healing, the gift of miracles and all the other spiritual gifts upon your people this morning. Lord, you activate them in our lives and you help us to go there, go out, find the need 
and to meet a need for your glory. Thank you, Lord, that you will do wonders through your people. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Can I invite you to stand with me right now? In a moment time, I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. We're going to pray with you. Not only for those of you who want to receive the gift to minister to others. This morning, we are going to activate our faith. For those of you who feel you know you need a healing touch, you need a miracle from the Lord, maybe it's an impossible situation that you are facing, we are going to believe God today for that breakthrough, for that miracle. So if that is you, I want you to come to the altar as well. We have pastors and leaders here ready to pray for you. If you need a healing, you need a miracle, you come to your right side. Okay, to this side of the stage. You need a healing, come let us pray for you. If you want God to use you, you want to step out to meet a need around you, you come to your left of the stage. So as the worship team sings, I want you to come quickly, come and respond to the Lord come and be prayed for let's 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 worship the lord lord we need your grace thank you lord and mercy come quickly come quickly we need to pray hallelujah like never before oh pour out your spirit god we need the power of the holy pour out your spirit god the spirit to open thank you jesus Heaven's doors be open, oh God. Spirit, touch your church. If you need a healing, a miracle, come and step out in faith. Come to your right. If you want to receive the gift to, re to minister to others, come to your left. I want to care Jesus. for others like Jesus cares for me. Oh, come, Let Holy Spirit. Rain on us. Rain on us, O oh God. We desire you, Lord. We desire you, God. We need your grace and mercy. Hallelujah. We need to pray like never before. Once again 
Your 